DreamWork. This is the Historian's Podcast, Extra Edition Number 6. I'm Bob Cudmore. The worldwide COVID-19 pandemic has interrupted many aspects of our lives, leading to cancellations of basketball games, church services, concerts, plays, and numerous gatherings that people were looking forward to. This year's workshops, sponsored by an organization called Creative Healing Connections, were called off because of the pandemic. Creative Healing Connections, Incorporated is an Adirondack-based not-for-profit whose mission is to provide creative experiences to promote healing and growth. That mission is accomplished by means of arts retreats, offered at venues in environments of healing woods and water. These retreats provide opportunities to explore art, music, dream work, writing and journaling, yoga, mindfulness, and massage. There are two annual retreats, one for women surviving chronic illness, hosted by Great Camp Sagamore, and one for women veterans, hosted by Weawaka Center for Women in Lake George. Occasionally, opportunities arise to offer these retreats to additional audiences. All the retreats were canceled, though, in the wake of the pandemic, but Creative Healing Connections wants to find ways to still offer creative arts and healing classes. They'll be delivered via various platforms to meet the individual needs of those who belong to the organization. And this is at no cost to women who had planned on attending the arts retreats. The organizers encourage you to uh, plan on attending the arts retreats uh, with you and your family. They should return in 2021. One of the scheduled workshops called DreamWork is led by Wanda Birch, a 30-year breast cancer survivor whose book, She Who Dreams, a journey into healing through dream work, focused on the imagery and energy of dreaming. Hello, thank you, Bob. So many of you have seen articles recently on people reporting weird or strange or enhanced dreaming during this time of a pandemic. It's not unusual in a time of crisis because we dream our experience, and our experience these days is a pandemic that can bring isolation, anxiety, depression, and other feelings of insecurity, but can also offer an opportunity to explore such things as your dreams, using the imagery and energy to dispel those same feelings. We can journal, write, draw, paint, create a poem, or just call a friend and talk through the dreams. Anything that is creative and proactive can positively move a dream into the light where it becomes a solution, not a problem. Dreaming can be a continuing dialogue with our inner self, a constantly streaming two-way message center, that inner voice that speaks to us in sleep dreams or through the imagination, the voice that knows us best and allows us to relax and allow the day's intrusions to peel away. In our workshops at Creative Healing Connection, we use the images and dreams in an ever-evolving creative and proactive experience as theater, reentry, meditation, and journaling. 
in this sheltering in place situation, we can do a lot of work with our dreams by using simple questions to access the imagery in dreams. You can explore these dream questions on a phone call with a friend or in a dream discussion with your family. The format is an easy one created by dream teacher and founder of Active Dreaming, Robert Moss, and his website is mossdreams.com. He calls it the lightning dream technique because it can be fun, simple, quick, or just a bit longer if you want to explore, but it's always effective. The first thing to do is to always keep a journal. If the dream defies your first exploration, you might want to go back to that journal days, weeks, or even months or years later, and you might be surprised to find out how much the passage of time has helped in understanding a stubborn dream. We dream continually into the past, present, and future. A journal helps you to realize this. And don't forget, you can be even more creative. You can write poems from your dream, write stories, do paintings and drawings. They flow and grow once you begin to use them creatively. Musicians often dream their entire scores in their sleep and wake up and find that they can record a song that they've just dreamed. There are no artificial boundaries in a dream or an artistic expression created from your inner voice. I'm going to choose an example to share with you from permission given from one of our participants, a veteran of Vietnam, Ernie Thornton. She called her story The Ghost Soldiers. Ernie was the oldest woman vet attending the August 2010 Lake George Arts Retreat for Women Vets, which was offered at the Weawaka Center for Women. She was the first woman combat nurse in the Vietnam Army Nurse Corps, 1966 to 1967, and was honored to be among so many women who had served. The younger women treated Ernie with the respect and admiration of one who had broken the glass ceiling and paved the way for their participation in wars as soldiers and combat nurses. Ernie chose not to share the horror of treating the wounded and dying in Vietnam, but she shared the remnants of its destruction in her own life. Alcoholism and two attempts to stop drinking, now sober for the second time for only a few years, she had survived a recent heart attack and so many years of counseling for PTSD that she had lost count. She had decided many years ago that becoming an advocate for returning soldiers, both men and women, was the best use of her experience. She had returned to school and had become a social worker, helping hundreds of soldiers with their own nightmares and lost lives. But Ernie had her own recurring nightmare, which she trotted out periodically in her own counseling sessions and in doctor's offices, in AA meetings, and everywhere where anyone would listen. They gave her medication to help her sleep, shared their sympathy and empathy, but the nightmares continued. Using Robert Moss's questions developed for the lightning dream work process, I asked Ernie to give her dream a title, which is the first thing you do in this process. Like a story, and then tell the story, as if, if she could, in first person, as simply and clearly as possible. When you do this, you claim your power as a storyteller and communicator. She said the title again, The Ghost Soldiers. And then she recited, I am walking along a road, either in the hills where I live or in Vietnam, and soldiers meet me on the road. 
Some are dead and some are living, and they are still wounded. Their clothing is ragged and blasted apart by combat. The limbs hang limp, bloodied, bandaged. Some limbs are missing. They beckon me to come. I wake up terrified. Without yet offering additional information, you ask the dreamer, how did you feel when you woke up? This dream could have been years ago, which this one was, but the dreamer needs to remember how she felt or he felt when they woke up. The dreamer's first emotional reactions to the dream are vital guidance on the basic quality of the dream and its relative urgency. In talking about this dream, Ernie's feelings are always the same, a mix of great sadness and terror because she didn't know what to do. She had bandaged and treated so many for such horrific wounds that she just didn't know what to do. So then you ask the dreamer for a reality check. The reality check question is designed to establish whether the dream reflects situations in waking life, including things that might manifest in the future. Dreams often contain advisories about the possible future, and it is important not to miss these messages. By running a reality check, we help to clarify whether a dream is primarily A, literal, B, symbolic, or C, an experience in a separate reality. In practice, the dreamer may need to ask several specific reality check questions, focusing on specific elements in the dream. Here are a couple of broad brush reality check questions that can be applied to just about any dream. Do you recognize any of the people or elements in the dream from waking life? Or, and maybe also, could any of the events in this dream possibly happen in the future? I ask if Ernie recognized the men, or were they just ghostly figures? No, she said, not ghost. She recognized each and every one of them. They were always a defined group, less than ten. Are they all dead, I ask. She thought about it, and she said, some are dead and some are alive. I then asked, what would you like to know about this dream? Focus in on it. This simple question to the dreamer now provides a clear focus for the next step. She responded, I know these men. I want to know what to do now. To get to what to do now, the partner tells the dreamer, If this were my dream, I would think about such and such. As the partner, you are now free to bring in any associations, feelings, or memories the dream arouses in you, including dreams of your own that may contain similar themes. Often we understand other people's dreams best when we can relate them to our own dream experiences. For example, if the dreamer had told you a dream in which she is running away from a bear, You might recall a dream of your own in which you hid from a bear before you discovered that the bear was an ally. Your own experience may lead you to say, if this were my dream, I would like to go back into the dream and meet that bear again and see whether it might be an ally. In this way, you would be gently guiding the dreamer to take action on the dream. It is very rewarding to receive this totally different perspective on a dream So sharing in this way with strangers can be amazingly rewarding as long as the rules of the game are respected. One of those ironclad rules is that we never 
presume to tell someone else what his or her dream means for them. We can say what it would mean for us if it were our dream. My response to Ernie was, if this were my dream, I actually just have a question. Have you tried to contact the ones who are alive, and have you tried to contact the families of those who died? And do you know where the families live or if they are still alive? Ernie thought about that, and she said she knew where all of them were, but she had not tried to contact them. She was afraid to do that. I told her if this were my dream, I would immediately contact those who were still alive and share the dream with them and ask what they needed from me now. I would also do something to commemorate the lives of those whom I had nursed and who had died, and then share with their families what I had done. This would be healing not only for Ernie, but also for the families who had survived or the men who had survived. She was not working with returned wounded soldiers when she first had this dream. Now she was. She might be the piece of the missing puzzle for those still alive and for the families of those who died. Ernie's face lit up, and she began sobbing. She nodded yes and said no one had ever suggested that she do this. They just told her to do things to deaden the memory or they gave her drugs to make her forget her dreams. Now Ernie needed to honor this dream, so I asked, how are you going to honor this dream? And how are you going to act on the guidance of this dream? Dreams require action. If we do not do something with our dreams in waking life, we miss out on the magic. The real art of magic consists of bringing something through from a deeper reality such as this dream into our physical lives, which is why active dreaming is a way of natural magic, but only if we take the necessary action to bring the dream through. Keeping a dream journal and sharing the dreams on a regular basis are already important ways of honoring dreams and the powers that speak through the dreams. Whenever possible, we need to do more. Here are some suggestions for honoring dreams, everyday dreams, all kinds of dreams. Create from a dream by writing a story or poem, a drawing, or choose a talesman. Take a physical action to celebrate an element in the dream, such as wearing the color that was featured in the dream, traveling to a place from the dream when we can travel again, making a phone call to an old friend who showed up in the dream, or write a bumper sticker from your dream encapsulating a key message, such as create joy, spend time in the woods, or whatever message you receive. Ernie might want to say something like, contact the men that I served in Vietnam. Ernie was excited now. Then she rummaged in a small bag, and she pulled out a large Vietnam War medallion bearing a rose. She had almost forgot that she had it in her bag. I will plant a rose bush for those who died, she said. The rose was a significant symbol for her unit and for the men who died. I will visit every single one of those families and tell them where the rose bush will be planted. Perhaps they will plant it with me. I will then visit every one of those still living. She looked up. Tears were in her eyes, and she said to her ghost on the road in the dream, I'm coming. Just wait till I get home. She then turned to me and said, A large weight had just been lifted. 
that it had taken her almost four decades to find someone who would allow her to find a way to resolve that dream. A tissue box was sent flying around the room because every soldier in the room was crying with her. I heard from Ernie one more time. She had planted a rose bush for the men, several family members joining her. She had placed the rose medallion under the roots of the rose bush to represent the connection to the men who had appeared as ghosts in her dream and to honor the families who survived after them. She said that in every family she contacted, there had been an instant rapport, heartfelt gratitude that their family member had been cared for by her and a genuine love that carried Ernie forward in her own healing. She had found the energy and healing in her dream using the simple process developed by Robert Moss in his active dreaming practice called the Lightning Dream Process, which can be found on mossdreams.com. Our speaker has been Wanda Birch, a 30-year breast cancer survivor whose book, She Who Dreams, A Journey into Healing Through Dream Work, focuses on the imagery and energy of dreaming. You can find more information on Wanda at her website, wandabirch.com, or send her an email at ronwan at capital.net. That's R-O-N-W-A-N. You've been listening to The Historian's Podcast, Extra Edition number 6. Learn more about other episodes of The Historian's Podcast at bobcudmore.com, where you'll find a link to the Historian's Podcast GoFundMe page, which supports production of these podcasts through online donations. If you want to send the Historian's Podcast an email, please do so at bobcudmore at yahoo.com.